you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Side 55 Carlos Fonseca, Brad Miller, and Brian Reeves. Hey. How you doing? Hey. And I think uh, Tyler Conroy is going to be joining us, but he's not here yet, so he'll be popping in. Also invited John Hammer, but had, didn't hear from him if he was going to come or not, so. But, uh... Let's get right into it. How was your guys' NIS race? Phoenix sucks. <laughs> Come on. How'd you do, Carlos? Let's start with you, huh? So you finished 13th and open. Uh, you're in Division One, 49th and standings. How, how was your 13th place run? I don't even know how I got there. I was running in the back all race. And that was... Just trying to go forward, but I just couldn't do nothing. I mean, the setup wasn't terrible. I was definitely like a top six car, seven, seven place car. I ended up getting caught up in some crap near the end. Really, that's right. all there was. I just, nothing I could do. Is car was down about a hundred horses there at the end, so I just kind of had to hold on. And I don't care. I beat the two rivals. I set out to beat, and that's all that matters to me. I mean, 13th and top split really isn't a horrible result. I mean, I would be... That's okay. Yeah, it just should have been better. Right. And then, uh... Hey, Brad Miller, I mean, you got a top five and fixed, 11th and open. Yeah. Yeah, I got lucky with the fixed one. I, I think, uh... It came down to a two-lap shootout, and some guys crashed in front of me and ended up uh, squeaking by. But the 11th was a pretty good run. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think Busa won that race. So. What I race did Busa win? Yeah, you know, well, I kind of felt like I was bringing a knife to a gunfight, so 11th, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, we'll talk about Busa a little bit later. He pretty much dominated the week in NIS. Uh, Brad, you're sitting 102nd in points and fixed, and then 57th in open. Now, I think it was just last week. Weren't you like 6th or something? Yeah, I was 6th in Division 3. And now you're Division 1. With the switch. Um, I'm further behind, but... I, I, I'm okay with that. That's that's 57th out of, and I could be really wrong here, but about 400 and some, so right. I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right, good deal. Brian Reeves, you had a fourth and a th an open third and fixed. I mean, that's two top fives. That's a great week, huh? Yeah, I continued the top five theme from last week and the week before in the Open. Um, I was kind of disappointed there. I was in second with like five to go and had a good two or three seconds on third place and kind of lost focus and tapped the wall into three and third got by me and then was kind of racing with fourth to keep third and then 
fourth got a nose on me and the caution came out with two to go and ended up uh, in fourth. But uh, was kind of disappointed there. Was didn't have anything for the leader, but definitely had a solid second place car there. Yeah, and didn't you spin out during one of those races? Yeah, was that, that was that a, a Saturday start? morning or Sunday morning race. D different start. Okay. I was, yeah, I was say, in, boy, I was in third and... again there, but when I spun and I just uh, missed my break point going into one, almost saved it. Yeah, there was somebody put up a screenshot of that, and there was a video of that. But uh, yeah, it was a good save. You kept it out of the wall. Yeah, for the most part, I almost kept it, and it just overcorrected there at the last second and put me in the wall and just barely dinged up the front. But uh, was able to keep it going through the race. I think there's a, in that photo set. There's a couple other pictures of me getting taken out in there. I ended up missing a hood there after like lap 100 and then somebody else spun in front of me and I ended up getting taken out of the race with like 20 or 30 to go just blew an engine didn't have any time to replace it well you're you're falling right behind uh teammate Matt Bowley he's been having you know good finishes uh he also had a third and a second and fixed and uh he's on a roll too just like you are so yeah great week you know yeah, I'm finally glad to get two finishes, one, a good finish in the open and a good finish in the fixed. I tend to do have a good week in one or the other. This is finally a week where I get two good finishes. I think it was good pretty pretty much overall with the team. Uh, speaking of that, Tyler Conroy, you just joined. Uh, thanks for jumping on. Uh, we were just talking results of NIS, and boy, you know what? You got the best result of the team. You won the fixed race. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. That'll that'll be a night I never forget. Well, tell us how you uh, got to the first place there at the checkered. Well, I uh, laid back at the beginning. I just took it easy. There was 156 laps, and I knew that. So I started, I think, 26th, and I just kind of hung in the back. I tried to go a few times, and the highest I could get was probably like... Ninth or 10th, it was just so hard to pass, and it was probably like that way for the first 100 laps, and then I started to realize that I wasn't going to get any further without pitch strategy, so uh, we started having a couple cautions at the end, and I just started doing opposite of the leaders, and there was a couple cautions towards the end where they pitted, I stayed out, and then I realized I kind of had a little bit older tires, another caution came out just soon after that, so I pitted, they, uh, I paid it, they stayed out, and then we had one more caution, and uh, the leader stayed out. He was on like 60 lap old tires, so after I pitted, I lined up second, and he, the leader never went on the restart, and I got a big jump, so I was leading by the time we got to the start-finish line, and there was, we probably had two laps after that, and then we caught another caution. There was... Uh, when the caution came out, there was six to go. We lined up with a green-white checkered. And as soon as that green-white checkered flew, as soon as that green flag flew, I, I stopped. I stomped on it and didn't look back until I crossed the finish line. It, it's interesting how it almost sounds like you describing Ryan Newman winning and staying out on old tires and getting a win kind of thing, but... Uh, it's cool how that lines up like that, but congratulations. Is that your first NIS win? Is that right? That's my first NIS win and a car win overall. <laughs> great, great job. That's always a milestone. 
So congratulations on that. That's like the top car in the sim, right, on the oval side. And to get a win, especially at this particular series, is really something to say, you know. Yeah, I, I haven't had too much too much of luck before uh, we got the Phoenix. And I got wrecked out of the Thursday night race, uh, probably running eighth. So Sunday, I just took the mindset I was going to hold back, let everybody take themselves out, and hopefully try to get a top five out of it and kind of exceeded my expectations. Right. Well, good job. Let's talk about everybody else here. Jose Pabon. Finished 12th in open, 18th in fixed. Uh, anybody remember what happened with Jose? He had the same kind of issue I did where he just kept getting taken out. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, he was just getting run over or whatever. Yeah, by, by Sunday, I think me and him were the only guys running, and it was just, I don't think either of us finished the early Sunday race. Yeah, tough week for Jose, yeah. Yikes. Uh... Let's see who else. Well, uh, my race, I'm last, I guess. You know, uh, that dog leg is a problem uh, for me. And uh, I got wrecked right through the kink being on the outside. I guess I don't give enough room to, if they decide they don't want to cut the track is the, my problem. And so I got put in the wall right there. 13th in the fixed race uh, on Wednesday. And then I got a top five in the open somehow. Uh, that was a great finish, you know, considering how I was running. And Thursday open uh, got taken out on pit road. I was just rolling down pit road. <laughs> I'm in the outside lane. Mr. Miller's right in front of me. You know, we're rolling around this track like teammates, you know, we're nose to tail. And we're on pit road. We've already been on pit road for a while, you know, we're like, quarter of a way halfway in and all of a sudden i see brad go left he just shoots straight left well and the next thing i know everyone has stopped right there and i plow right in and then i think somebody plowed into me too uh took me out basically i blew an engine not long after that because of that uh what do you remember about that brad yeah, that was strange. I, I It happened so fast, I didn't have time to even key the mic or nothing. It was jerk it left or kiss my butt goodbye. So I jerked it left, and I didn't even know if I was going to miss it. It was that close. A long time yeah. ago, I had a, a wreck on the freeway in real life. It was very similar to that, where they were all stopping in front of me in the lane I was in because somebody was stopped and the guy in front of me like swerved over to the other lane to miss it. And I plowed right in. It was the same thing. Yeah. It was quite entertaining from my point of view. Cause I was just watching you guys and Brad just turns left out of nowhere. You're in a car one second later. I mean, there was somebody backwards on pit road. Yeah. Someone got spun for some reason. Cause they were, uh, I don't know, shooting out of the pit box or going into the pit box and they got sideways and oh no, what actually happened was a car cut off another guy on the outside because one of the ends was trying to get to his lane and he got mad and they spun him and then everyone stopped and then the whole incident happened. Right. 
Well, and I was running good at that point, too, so I was really kind of disappointed. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, it's just one of those things. So, But, heck, you know, I got two top tens or two top fives out of that week. I'll take it, man. That's awesome. After Vegas and Atlanta has been horrible to me, I just had horrible finishes those weeks. So nice to come out of Phoenix with the, with some good results, you know, that really speak to how this team runs. So I'm happy. Let's move on. Did, did anybody cover Matt? Matt had some awesome wins. Yeah, second and third, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, did you run with him? I did not. I did not, but uh, I was racing in my split and listening to him and Jose talk back and forth. Matt had some really good runs. Yeah, I think I ran with him Wednesday night when he got the third. And, yeah, you're right. He was fast. Yeah, I remember running with him. Yeah, he was faster than me, and I was letting him go there at the end. Uh, I was hoping he was going to get it. You know, I think he was up to second there for a bit. So now for Division Two, Matt is sixth in points. And in the fixed, uh, he's 34th. Great job, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk about the divisions and the points a little bit later. There's been some changes with that, obviously. Uh, next topic. Uh, well, Brad, let's switch off. Why don't you take the next topic? Uh, let's see here. Track guide. Is that what we're on? Yep. Uh, well, they put up a track guide. And uh, I know Carlos does this with uh, Matt Busa, I guess. And they uh, it said they expect the pole laps to be faster because of the uh, the new uh, tire model. Actually, the problem was I think we were debating back and forth that something happened to the weather. It changed. Yeah, I heard that too. Something changed. And that's why the lap time slowed down. So, like when you recorded the video, it was one temperature, and then when, and then later when we actually raced, it was another. Yep. Well, pretty much. I, yeah, it changed after I think that update that we had that earlier in the week. Right. I think that must have messed up the weather just a little bit, and that's kind of what threw everything off. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew for certain what changed. It kind of sounded like that's what most people thought. I mean, everything was still the same the way you drive, so really the track guide still helped, but it's just going to be slower. Right. All right, let's hit next topic. Uh, well, as we alluded to, the points are all screwed up. There was a forum thread called that. The points are all screwed up. And they kind of figured it out finally and, and went and they fixed it. So. You know, at, at one point, uh, iRacing teammate Dwayne LaProde. That's a new name, actually. I don't really know. I've heard of Dwayne before. Maybe he's one of those new hires they got last year. But um, he posted up uh, basically uh, a post about, you know, this division of series uh, for NIS. And, uh, you know, thank you for bringing this to our attention. And second, 
you know, for your patience while we corrected it. Um, the divisions were realigned last night. This was February 25th, he wrote this. And now are set to what should have been. There were four series that were identified as having an issue with the coding that was incorrectly placing people in the wrong divisions. This has been resolved and the divisions have been redone with the points having been updated accordingly from the races that have already run. Um, and then he lists out how the uh, divisions are split out. So the division between 10, excuse me, between 1 and 2 is that I rating of 3,500. I think that's where it was last year, too. Uh, between, uh, you know, 1 and, and 2, well, excuse me, 2 and 3, that would be, would be 2,283. The next cut down is 1713, 1440, 1278, 1130, 927, 720, 500, and 0. So that's how they split the divisions for NIS. Those are the I rating numbers. So they're actually posted. I was, I remember back when, when this first happened and uh, I finished the race and, and, I don't know, an hour later, I went back to check and see how my standings were and noticed the Division Three. And a lot of people on our team were speculating that we had a, a higher turnout for the races, so they bumped it up. Right. And we were like, well, my goodness, how, how high do you got to be to be Division Two or 1? They just had it. It was just broken. There was something wrong in the code. Right. So after they, I mean, it kind of looks like in there, there's a lot of people mad that they're now Division One. But to be all honest, I, that's where I expected to be based off of last year's numbers. Right. So I feel more like I'm where I should have been. It's not where I want to be, but it's where I should have been. They did it based on your I rating at the moment. If they could have went back to right before the Daytona 500 when they originally did it and said, okay, this was your I rating at that time, so that's the division we're going to place you in, then it would have been perfect. But they didn't. They picked what was your I rating at this moment when they corrected the issue. And so some people's I rating had spent fluctuated, but like you said, the cutoffs are all different, too, from what they were at the beginning of Daytona to what they are right now, those numbers I just read off. Yeah. Well, I didn't change all that much. I'm still where I thought I should have been. Well, and like we said before, this ha same exact thing happened last, week, last uh, year, last season. Yep. So I hope they got a lesson learned here. You know, it shouldn't, they shouldn't repeat this every time the NIS season restarts. All right, what's next? Uh, Derek Bardot takes the win in the NASCAR uh, P. Cannon Free Series. Um, he will force I guess his this way is back. the second race. I didn't get to watch it. I was at work, but uh, 
this is the second one since the first Daytona 500 didn't count. Right. Yeah, this is the one that counted. And boy, they it was a I watched the end of this. It had a big big wreck. You know, that's you would kind of expect at Daytona. And it had some great racing side by side, both lines. Our buddy Logan Clampett was really looking good out there. I mean, he was he was leading that outside line lane and really trying to make it work. And sometimes he was getting enough help to actually, you know, be close to the lead or near or almost to take the lead. And it was just a matter of timing. I mean, I think he was setting himself up to win that race. And then a late caution came out. So, yeah, kudos to Derek Bardot, his first uh, peak win, and uh, Logan for running a great race, obviously, and uh, it was very entertaining. I was very entertained. Uh, it was like watching real NASCAR. Except for Timmy Hill's 15 flips. With like 15 times in the no, last rack. Oh, yeah, he's the one who was doing like, yeah, pirouettes down the backstretch. Yeah, it was a yeah, that was a classic big wreck. Did you see what triggered it, Carlos? I don't know, some genius on the mid pack or something, I don't remember. No, I mean like fourth or fifth place, didn't it? I don't know, something like that. And I tell you what, you know, that outside lane, those guys are side drafting the entire lane of the outside. Normally in NIS and whatnot, we don't side draft like that unless you know, it's right at the end or something, you know, because it's dangerous. But these guys were doing it all the time, all night long. Yeah, all they would have taken was one fluctuation of a ping, and there goes the entire field. Well, when I first turned it on, I was shocked at how much side drafting was going on by the outside lane. I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to pile up for sure, you know. But they didn't for the longest time, and... uh I was kind of surprised by it's that. Like, it's like every single one of them had like the lowest possible form of netcode, you know, since because they were able to actually cut down in front of each other to the almost exact inch, you know, that's how close they were able to get. I don't know. Well, I tried that and bumped into somebody. As usual, uh, virtualgrip.net has a great write-up about the race. Uh, with some video and, and nice high-res pictures and stuff, as well as, uh, you know, a nice story about how the race played out. So uh, check out that, virtualgrip.net. That was cool, too, that Bordeaux, you know, he lost the lead with three to go and somehow got it back. Made one yeah. good move to get it back. Yeah, he he was on the outside. I remember he chopped down in front of Logan. And Logan tried to block, but Bordeaux was already there. It was too late. But, uh, yeah, Clampett was, I I knew he was shaking probably because it was looking at his first win and peak, and, and he was in position to win. But Bordeaux, he's tough too, you know. And uh, But it's neat to see these, uh, you know, some fresh blood up front too. All right, next topic. Uh, I invited John Hammer on. I don't, he couldn't make it, but uh, I wanted to talk about something he posted up. He, he He's an engineer or something, but he keeps 
an Excel of the NASCAR iRacing series and some of the stats that he has collected and data uh, was kind of interesting to me. So I wanted to read it out loud on the pod, uh, you know, on the podcast here. So one of the numbers was total drivers, 1620, 1,620. Another neat stat was how many average incidents per race. And Division One was 5.0. And then Division Two, 4.6. Division Three, 4.4. And then Division Four jumped back up to 5.3 and went even higher as you went down to Division 10. But what was interesting out of those numbers is Division One has more average incidents than two and three does. And I think we've always said that it's more dangerous up there. I think these numbers actually prove it. Yeah, everyone just drives way over their head. Yeah, so that was a neat uh, number, I thought. It, it's actual data that backs up what people believe, that top split is more dangerous. And, we, and, and John just proved it with his data. Oh, pretty cool be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the season. It's only been a month. Right. Will the numbers stay there? Will it go down? Yeah. It'd be neat to see a, a chart, too, of how it goes up and down. Yeah, throughout the season, that'd be really neat for him to do. Or well, he's got the data in an Excel. He actually posted the Excel on the forums for people to grab, so anybody can do this. Uh, thanks, John, for putting that together. Some of the other stats that he wrote down about it. He says, uh, it's been record attendance. He says, okay, let me read, uh, sorry. Each week so far has set record attendance and has more cars per split. Daytona has 1.1 less incidents per person than last year. Atlanta had 0.7 incidents more per person. Vegas, 0.5 incidents more per person. So he's tracking incidents from last year to this year, too. So anyway, pretty cool stuff. Check that out if you're interested. I was really impressed, though, because... I was one of the ones that wanted a, a higher number in each field. And uh, it doesn't really, I mean, you're talking half a percent in difference. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. And the number of 1620 is, man, that's unreal. I didn't realize how many people were doing this. Right. You don't really see it because you're just in your race, right? You know, and and there's so many different starts and he's figuring out, you know, how many actual people. So pretty kudos to him. I don't know how long that takes to put together, but another stat that he puts together and puts on the what's called the NASCAR iRacing Series Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash NASCAR iRacing Series. 
Uh, pretty cool stat. He's been putting these up each week about the race. So he put up uh, stats about Phoenix. Uh, NIS fixed, 1,060 racers, 37 winners. The most wins, Nick Galligan. Most polls, Busa, Galligan, and Logan McDaniel. Most laps completed, Casey Kerwin and Matthew Scott, eight. Both had 624 laps. Uh, in the opens, only 665 racers. Fixed was 1,060. That's interesting alone that the open is so much less drivers. Yeah, I think it scares people. Run the fixed. I mean... And anyway, most wins uh, in open, Matt Busa with three wins. Most laps led, Matt Busa. Most points scored, Matt Busa. So a good week for him, I guess. I guess. And, and is that is that he got 337 in one race? I'm guessing so. Because, my God, that's unreal. I know. A good race for us is like approaching, what, 200? Yeah, I was in the in the top split. Golly, I don't know Vegas maybe, and somehow I squeaked out a fourth and got two hundred and thirty or something stupid like that. No, I mean, it was, was it was really good. Was it Daytona? I think it was Daytona. We you got two fifty and I got two forty nine. Okay, yeah. Man, I I couldn't remember in old age. And he's getting a hundred more than that. But that's what happens when you have this giant I rating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, pretty cool. Brad, what's next? Uh, let's see here. We're going to do uh, the uh, Formula One part of uh, our P. Canterbury series, whatever that is. But Martin Cronkey. Uh, he is just slaying them. He was last year's uh, champion, and he's won race number one and race number two. Yep, won it, uh, taking the lead right off the line, and uh, looks like a 16-second uh, gap to Hutu, Gregor Hutu. So he's killing them. Yeah, with those kind of guys, that is a massive lead. I mean, 16 seconds for those guys. They they're they can usually at least see each other. He was gone. I guess so. 16 seconds, but I wonder. You know, is it Hutu? Is he or is it just this guy stepped up? I mean, it's crazy how how that works. But uh, that's two for two at Sebring for Cronky. So yeah, one day I'm gonna have time off be off work and be able to watch one of their races i love watching their races and and it kind of looks like he's stinking up the show but good on him yep all right next uh we heard again from the international sim racing federation we've talked about this before uh, it says this new group is looking to organize all sim racers across all simulators to develop the sport efficiently 
Now the ISRF have finalized their statutes and are moving forward with moving forward with establishing this federation. And so still not a lot of meat and potatoes about what's going to actually happen here, but now they they just basically put out a release that says, "Hey, you know, we've got our statutes in place." Uh What are they I think uh, Hammer said he was going to try to join up with them. All right, what's next? Uh, release notes. Season 2, patch 1. Um, actually, uh, fix iRacing installer program. Uh, to to correctly refer to 64-bit instead of the 32 uh, that no longer exists. Fix an issue where if iRacing installation directory name contains spaces, iRacing might not start properly. Fix the bug where it updates fast release parking assist brake uh, not releasing as it should. Yep, and um, I think the big one was the virtual reality audio thing where you turn your head. Did you get to figure that out, Brian? There was a workaround. I ended up having it working for me, but I don't really notice it in the car. I notice it when I'm watching on replays. Oh, okay. Yeah, like they fixed that. Yeah, I mean, you really notice it when you're out of the car watching in a replay and you're looking around. You can really notice the difference in sound when you turn your head. But when you're in the car, it's so loud all around you, you don't really notice it too much. Right. Yeah, just a lot of bug fixes. Uh, we're not going to read through all these. Uh, they changed uh, minimum cold tire pressures uh, have been increased on several of the road cars, uh, GT3 cars and whatnot. And then a bunch of the cars also had slightly increased cure-based tire degradation added. So just little tweaks uh, that they needed to get out after, you know, a major release. That's pretty normal. So did you guys notice anything, you know, after they put that out? I'm noticing that I'm hearing the rubber hitting the inner fenders a lot more. Right. I'm hearing a lot of the debris getting kicked up inside and hearing a bunch of the pings a lot more than I was before. I'm even seeing it on the, the windshield more. Not necessarily that it's getting dirty, but I see pieces of rubber bouncing off my windshield and flying on up over the roof. I was seeing little particles of dirt like rocks on the apron at Phoenix. And it eventually cleared off and rubber got laid down and then it was rubber particles down there. Yeah, it's a big rubber marble. So speaking of stuff all over the track and let's talk dirt. <laughs> uh, a neat uh, post by Steve Myers up on Twitter. Let me clarify, if you have one or buy one of the Camping World trucks, it will switch to the dirt version on dirt. So if you own the truck, you have a dirt truck. That is awesome. You don't have to buy one if you don't need one or, you know, you don't want to buy anything. You can just hop in the truck and try it. Yeah, that is very cool. 
because I think a lot of people are going to be spending a lot of money when dirt comes out. Yeah, this is for people who don't, you know, or just want to get a taste of it. You know, hop in the truck and take a couple laps. Now, I also understand USA, that track that's called USA, is that what they call it? Yeah. Florida, they're going to have a, you know, a mock dirt version for that, too, that's included. But I have yet to see that confirmed. So in yeah. theory, you could race on the dirt track at USA with the truck if you own the truck in the USA track, and most people do. I believe they're going to give the street stock dirt version for free as well. Oh, awesome. That's great. So you should be able to run the dirt street stock around the USA Speedway dirt version. Yep. Boy, a track that would be really cool to see uh, as a dirt and I actually got to go see it twice, was they, uh, a couple of years there in a row, they took and brought in dirt and made Bristol a dirt track. Oh, yeah. And I got to go see the World of Outlaws run there. And that was crazy fast. Very cool. Yep, speaking of World of Outlaws, uh, iRacing Twittered up a video of NASCAR truck driver Christopher Bell talking about uh, his approach to driving the 410 Sprint car in iRacing on the dirt. And we talked about him last week. He's been helping with the development of this, uh, the testing and stuff. And uh, what better guy to do it? And now he's got a video that he put up on YouTube showing him uh, doing laps on this uh, 410 Sprint. Uh, Carlos, what do you think of this video? It's not a dirt late model, that's what I think of it. Yeah, it's a wing sprint car. It's uh, it's amazing how much the wheel's moving. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing that steering wheel out. I mean, he's turning that thing hard right, hard left. I mean, 90 degrees both ways sometimes to kind of settle the car. It's like he goes left and he goes hard left, hard right. Well, I'll just tell you what I thought of it. I uh, was at work the other night and on break and watched that video. Knew a couple of buddies of mine that are big dirt track kind of guys. Went in and showed them the video and they were just freaking out. They were like, that is going to be so cool. You have to have me over to see that when that comes out. Oh, yeah. It looks so real. Uh, it's amazing how real it looks. Dirt flying all over the place, too. All, you know, mar going up to the, to the wall, little chunks of dirt. and It just looks great. All right, also, uh, NASCAR superstar Kyle Larson also tweeted uh, just today, great to be with iRacing testing dirt in the 410 Sprint car. Very excited about what's coming out. Check it out. And so, Kyle Larson, uh, who's finished second in the last five NASCAR Monster Energy races, 
<laughs> I don't know if it's a fourth out of f the last five. I forget how many seconds he's had recently. But uh, this kid's on fire, and pretty cool to see that he's uh, involved with uh, iRacing as well and looking forward to running dirt with us. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, I mean, we're over here just dying for dirt, but, uh, we can see somebody to see somebody like him that has actually raced on dirt, raced NASCAR, uh, uh, for him to be excited about it and, and everything. That's, that's kind of really cool. I know we're talking about a guy who races for the win every week in the NASCAR monster cup energy series. I mean, the guy has plenty of adrenaline rushes and you know, all that, you know, the, how much fun could that be? But what does he want to do in his off time? Oh, he wants to sit down and do eye racing on dirt. Yeah, that's cool. And then finally on dirt, uh, final, uh, Steve, My Steve Myers, uh, Twittered out a question finally about the dirt license that somebody asked him and he said, no, uh, we're not putting out dirt licenses. We're tweaking the incident system for races on dirt though. Yeah, that's going to be scary. So we yeah. can do days. We can do days. That's all we got to wait. <laughs> I figured for sure they would have a different license like they do between Oval and Road. It sure makes sense that they would, you know. Pavement license and a dirt license. I mean, come on. Shouldn't be too hard. I'm I, I'm kinda, you know, concerned that people won't raise dirt because they're afraid of their I rating, you know. They don't want to ruin their I rating. I don't. No, they'll race dirt. You'll just see a lot of uh of I rating dropping. So I won't you... race dirt. I'm figuring it's going to drop. It is what it is, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What about tweaking the incident system? What do you think that actually means? I don't You'd know. Be able to rub and it's just a zero X and not a two X or something like that. If you rub a guy. Well, you saw the video of Christopher Bell. Uh, you know, even though those were fairly smooth laps that he was doing, but by himself, now put 20 other cars out there. <laughs> it's going to get cool. It'd probably get upside down, too. Okay. I mean, things are happening. I mean, you know, if you were racing a track that size in nascar you're going in there and breaking and doing what you've got to do to get through the turns but with that 410 sprint man things were happening so fast like you were saying jerking the wheel left and right and this and that i, I just it's gonna be fun yep all right, Brian, can you pick up the next uh, topic? Yeah, hardware and software. Yeah, um, I made a helmet that fits to cover my Oculus Rift. Saw this the other day. It looks really cool. It does. 
So basically, the guy took a full face helmet and then cut out the mouth part and then made it to where his Oculus would fit in front of it. So he put it on and basically have the feeling of racing in a car with a helmet on. Yeah, it's just like a bell helmet or something. And it's got like the one wire running out of it. You strap it on. It's a cool idea. It really is. Yeah, it looks. He almost made it look like a three-quarter helmet, and I'm almost wondering if a three-quarter helmet wouldn't work a little easier. Right. So people getting creative. This is a great idea. Uh, I I can't imagine how hot it would be though, especially for me here in Arizona. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it gets hot wearing a helmet when you're riding a motorcycle, even in the breeze. So I mean, sitting in a room with the oculus on your face the oculus doesn't get hot but the top of it gets pretty hot and if that heat's going to transfer to the helmet that you're then wearing i can see that getting pretty warm i bet you the guy's wishing for one of those hoses the nascar guys use they hook the hose to the top of the helmet and blows air in yeah well i saw what is it one of the guys on the inside sim racing forums made a wind simulator that you can hook up to the computer which will change the wind velocity in your face depending on how fast you're going in the sim yeah, if I was going to do this, take it one step further and put up a cooler box with a hose and get a helmet that has a hose outlet on it, you know? Might as well do it right. Yeah, like the cool vest drivers wear. You can run something like that through the helmet. Yeah. Awesome. I, I saw this and I was like, what? This is cool. All right. Uh... Brad, what's the next one? Uh, somebody's released a new uh, VRX iMotion Z55 racing simulator. And this thing looks unreal. But uh, it has an unreal price to go along with it. But, uh, man. <laughs> if I had a whole lot of money... I might think of investing in one of these. This is really cool. Well, wow, $61,500. But they give you in-home delivery. Do they set it up and calibrate it too? It says includes professional delivery and installation. Perfect. They better for that price. That thing's super cool, though, man. I mean, it's it's something else. Now, it's not just a you know a certain company made this. It's a company is putting together some of the best sim products out there into this package. That's sixty one thousand five hundred dollars. So, uh, lots of really good stuff here. Yeah, if you click on that second part, it shows you a, a video of them racing with that seat moving and everything it it does really look cool yeah d-box motion system for the cockpit it's three 55 inch uh led screens 5.1 surround system club sport v2 pedals with hydraulics th8 gearbox the computer etc
Yeah, I forget. I, somebody sent me this. I don't know, but uh, if you're, you know, a billion, a millionaire, billionaire, you know, you might sign up for this because it's easy, you know. It's turnkey operation right there, man. That thing is, it's something else. Yeah. I could see somebody, like, if you're a NASCAR driver, if you're Kyle Busch and you have money to burn, why not, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah still was... cheaper. Still cheaper than buying a car and binning it. They're, uh, they're using the speaker system. I was just thinking if I ever did that, because a lot of times I'm racing at 12 and 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, Oh, my wife would murder me. You're on headset only? Yeah. Oh. My sound setup's a little different. I have headset for spotter, team speak, you know, drivers, but all the engine sounds and all that I have coming out of computer speakers, actually. I used to have mine set up like that. I could never understand what people were saying if I heard the engine noise in that same headset. Even if I turned it all the way down, I still have, I have a little bit of a hearing problem, and but it, it just wasn't working for me. But by separating the engine sounds, I don't know, it works. And I have a, my own little room that the rig is in. I can close the door, so it doesn't bother people. Well, I've got my own little room, but uh, my wife calls it the race room. But, you know, I... I like I say, if I was in here practicing at 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody would be standing there at the butcher knife asking me what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> All right, next up in hardware, this guy, Ray Bernard from the Northwest Club, he put up a post of a piece of hardware he put together by himself. Uh, do-it-yourself six-gate shifter and it's an it's a real shifter from a real car like a muscle car kind of shifter uh brad can you tell by the look of it what kind of car this might have come out of or no idea but it's a trans the top of a transmission out of a real car like yeah, a mustang or something no, I think yeah. they ripped it out of a ranger <laughs> As a ranger, a yeah. Ford Ranger is what they ripped it out of. And then he modified it himself to look like that. And it's an interesting post because it really details out with pictures and, and text about how he kind of put it together and made it work. Yeah, I think the cool part of this story is not that, uh, that uh, it came out of a real car. I think the cool part of this story is somebody thought of it did it and made it work it, it just kind of shows you what people will go to to try to make something work i mean yeah, he, it doesn't look easy from the way he describes it either no no i mean this guy probably went through hell trying to get this thing to, to work but if there, it kind of you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Yep. So shout out to Ray Bernard. Uh, we're impressed. Uh, it looks pretty damn good, you know. Next, we got Richmo Tech P 
pedal sets. And uh, these really look cool too, but. Uh, yeah, they got a new one out. That last link is the floor mount Willwood three pedal set. Ooh la la. Yeah. I, I mean, these are nice. $1,074. Yeah, that's probably a little out of my price range. Well, a lot out, but but they do really look cool. Hydraulic, of course. They got a big metal plate that they're mounted to. I mean, that was kind of the problem with some of these other pedals, that there wasn't a good way to mount them, but this has a nice base that they're mounted to that you can just like lay on the floor or put on a piece of wood or whatever yeah and the clutch is not a normal it's actually got a you know clutch wheel and everything pressure plate spring and wow really nice high-end pedals i mean if i was you know i really like my main main performance PC pedals, the SIM pedals I got, they were about the same price. But if I was shopping today, I'd be looking at these too, um, for sure. This would definitely be in the running. I, I had a need to actually, I wanted to have mine hung from above, uh, but these are floor mounted ones, but they have a lot of pedals. I would, uh, one of these other links from the notes shows all the different products they have and they got all kinds of different pedals that they've put out um, but this is just the latest one that we talked about it's pretty nice yeah yeah they're they're very nice looks like they're based out of florida miami lakes florida this company so we haven't talked about them a lot but i you know saw their stuff i thought we should mention it uh, looks pretty nice I wonder if they're associated with the Willwood brakes, like the real stuff. I think some of the parts they're using are the are from are from Willwood. That's why they have that in the name or the title of the product. Like I think the actual pedal, the 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 thing that your your foot sits on is Willwood. That's what I mean. Right. I mean, there's a lot of race cars that use those. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll pick up the next one. Uh, we'll go into uh, iRacers in the real world or real racing a little bit. And Shane Van Gisbergen. We've talked about him before. He runs NIS. Uh, occasionally, I see him. Uh, he's from Australia, uh, runs the supercars down there. He's a champion supercar driver, but uh, he took his uh, first start in the uh, 12 hours of Sebring recently. And there was an article about it on speedcafe.com that we found. So it doesn't say, I didn't find out how he finished, but... Uh, it, and it's interesting to see that, you know, that he's, you know, doing these IMSA starts and stuff. So, Carlos, have you seen him around in NIS or? Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah. I have. One of my Daytona 500s, he started right beside of me. Yeah, he was in, in the fact, Daytona. He was uh, uh, on one of the ones that got streamed. I don't know. He freaks me out in the Oval, <laughs> in the Oval Series. Because he's either really quick or he causes some shenanigans on accident. Right. Yeah, he's quick. Uh, so you might be seeing more of him on the IMSA series. I don't know if this uh, Sebring start is uh, a one-off thing or if he's come over here to run uh, or what's going on. I'm not sure when the supercar season is. Yeah, I don't know. They used to cover that on speed, but now that it's turned into Fox Sports 1, they don't cover the V8 supercars anymore. Such a shame. I love that series. No joke. Those guys were cool to watch. All right, what's next? Uh, next, we've got uh, Casey Kane and iRacing. iRacing, uh, we are very happy to have iRacing come on board as a new partner at Casey Kane Racing, said team owner Casey Kane. Uh, everyone loves iRacing from fans to drivers. It's great that they're added dirt racing to their uh, already impressive lineup of cars and series. It will be an awesome experience for everyone to try. I know Darren and I are looking forward to getting some virtual dirt on our computer screens. Yeah, this is this is kind of a follow up to last week. We talked we had talked about the announcement that Casey Kane Racing has secured iRacing as a sponsorship on the uh, uh, 410 Sprint car there driven by Darren Pittman uh, for the entire 2017 World of Outlaws uh, Sprint Car Series. And so I thought it was cool. Uh, we got a quote here from Casey. I thought we'd read that uh, about that. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. And they posted up some cool pictures on uh, CaseyCaneRacing.com of... Uh, the 410 sprint car all decked out in the iRacing colors uh and what it's going to look like on track basically for darren when he's out there running boy it looks really sharp with the red white and blue yep i like it all right next uh ty majeski the highest I-rating driver in the service. Picked up a big win this last weekend at the Rattler 250. Back-to-back uh, -back, uh, at this track, or for, for this race. And uh, congratulations. Uh, Roush Fenway actually tweeted about it. Uh, and put up a picture of Ty in Victory Circle there with a actual rattlesnake around his neck. <laughs> Some kind of trophy, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, pretty cool. And uh, shows his car in victory lane a few times there with the iRacing logo on the hood. And uh, I actually watched a replay of the last few laps there. and uh, He was gone. When, the, when they went green for the last time, he, he actually pulled out 
10, 12 car lengths within about three laps. Yeah, they, re they really got a good talent on their hands, Roush Fenway, uh, with this guy. And I don't think it'll be long before Jack gets him into the, you know, trucks or something. Yeah. Well, he has a time or two, right? He's he's run Camping World a time or two. Yeah, I think he's had some starts. He runs Iowa in the uh, Xfinity car come June, I believe, with iRacing sponsorship. So he's already got that race scheduled. But I, what I'm saying is it won't be long before we see him full-time, I think, in one of the top three series. I mean, I, hasn't the experiment with... Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Trevor Bain gone on long enough. You know, maybe it's time to get some fresh blood in there. Yeah, I would pull more for uh, Bain to be gone. Stenhouse got, uh, what, a top five this week, maybe? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, Trevor Bain has given been given enough opportunity to make something happen, you know, how many years are you going to give him? No, at least uh, Stenhouse has two championships. In right. Xfinity. What has Bain got? A 500 and that's it? Mm, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, I think that ship is sailing. That's just me thinking, though. All right, final story of the night. Website changes. iRacersLounge.com. Having trouble with our host, uh, which was free, uh, at uh, Tumblr, tumblr.com. And I have no idea what happened to our Tumblr site, but it just doesn't load. So I ended up uh, going on GoDaddy and pointing the website over to our Facebook page. So going forward, iRacersLounge.com will take you right to the Facebook page. And so uh, I think it's a trend a lot of businesses and, and whatnot are doing, too. They're not having traditional websites anymore. They're just pointing their stuff to social media. And so that's what we're doing. Makes sense. Yeah, so hit us up. Uh, it's easy to find us. Just go to iRacersLounge.com and boom, you're on the Facebook page. And we post everything up there. So you could also hit us up on Twitter. But uh, Facebook's really where we're at. So check it out. And with that, we'll see you. See ya. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.